podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello you miserable bastards and welcome to the Misery Hunters podcast. My name is Jamie Coburn and joining me is Sam Smith. Hola. And Craig Devine. Alright. Uh, probably one of the best performances I think you'll see from St Myrna this season. And it's only accumulated in a draw. But a lot of <laughs> positives to talk about in this game. Um, we had the chance to go top of the table. Wasn't taken, but we're still in it. We're, we're, we're technically joint top. Just it just goes to show that the, the big wigs at the SFA quite clearly don't. They don't it's like a, a conspiracy <laughs> against St Mirren winning the league. Yeah, they've had it in for Paisley for a long time because one of them get knocked back from Vienna's one night and that's it. It's a referee conspiracy Mm -hmm. against the This is why why there's there's stories getting leaked to the press, like totally false stories because they're trying to unsettle us and it's it's not going to work. We're we're doing a Leicester this season. Aye, trying to upset the black and white machine. And it's not going to happen. Like we've got, like the old firm, like they're both pissed. That's going to be a high scoring draw. We beat Livingston because they're, you know, just the the diddy little team that they are, and that's us top of the table. But I mean, we'll talk about the Aberdeen game first. Um, and I mean, I, I love how attacking we are starting games now, and just like uh, on the front foot immediately. Like so many good performers. Like Olasanya was fantastic. McMenamin Kilty had a great game. Um, and I feel harsh to say this, but like. I think if we started, like, even though Olasanya had a fantastic game, if we'd started Mandron, we might have made a bit more of the chances that were getting put into the box. Aye, I think it was the right call to start him. It was a total kind of nuisance the whole game for them. Aberdeen could not deal with Lee's pace at all. Um, there was a there was a chance that came in that it just skimmed the top of Olasanya's head at one point. I think it actually came off... Um, Devlin in the end mm-hmm. kind of heading it back towards his, his own keeper but aye, if that had been Mandarin then you'd get an extra 5 or 6 inches of height that's potentially going in but mm-hmm. um, I don't think I think I just think see when you're talking about Olasanya he makes Aberdeen were terrified yeah. to play high like the teams are not going to I think he's going to be such a bonus when you're playing the better teams in the league this year for the fact that defenders regardless of his technical ability or not like Defenders are terrified when that guy starts running. They, no one wants I, anything to do with a guy who could start 10, 15 yards behind somebody and then lap them, no bother. Like, he, he near enough did that. See for the chance he had in the second half and he, he burned um, Angus McDonald about a third of the way into our own half, yeah. took it all the way up and then ended up tripping up over his own feet almost. <laughs> uh, he, he's just... it's. It's such a, it's just crazy. I, I think we've obviously said that a few times, but the difference and c- compared to when, even when we seen him, maybe, maybe like, was it the Hearts game in January he played? Like the difference from then until now is. To, to be fair, I still don't think he got a, a fair shot. He came on and he was just really hungry to get the ball. And he like, couldn't touch the ball. Jamie ran the ball at the park three times. He was on for like five minutes and then somebody gets sent I, off. I, <laughs> It's night and day compared to the guy we saw in the Betfred or the fucking early 
I still call I, it the Betfred, yeah, even point, though what is it called? Point. The Via Play Cup. Via uh, Play Cup, I mm-hmm. uh, not for long anyway. No. Um, I was actually in the the Express, I think it was today, just talking about him and Robinson had sat down over the summer and had a really kind of frank talk and told him what he needed to hear. And sounds as if he's just get told he needed to fuck his ideas up a wee bit and whatever's been said to him, it's clearly worked. It's such a good weapon to have. You mm-hmm. so like I think the way like and I'll use any moment to bring him up. The way he's playing now is, I think, what Goodwin hoped for Marias. Aye, probably. And I, I think it's just the it's the way he uses his pace. I think last year he never really got the chance to. I think the way we were set up didn't really let him use his pace. Whereas now we've got a front three with Kilty and McMenamin and they're going to occupy guys, and it gives it gives the guy who it gives whoever it is that's playing through the middle opportunity to go through and be a bit more. In properly stretched defences, but that, that's two of, the, two of the bigger teams in the league we've played so far this season, this season, and started all Asanya against both, and he's terrorised them, mm-hmm. just absolutely terrorised them without without really doing too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, McMenamin, another player who's was fantastic, and ah, uh, he's a that's that's a joke how much we've paid for him. It's an absolute coup, and like. I'm sure we'll be able to sell them for. Uh, I was going to. I was going to say ten million. <laughs> I was going to say for a hundred thousand pound more to a certain club that might be interested in someone's former players. If, uh, rumors are the way they are it's going, been... but we'll talk about that later. Um, it's weird with McMenamin because he's almost the polar opposite of Olasanya, isn't he? Because he's got no pace at all, it's and good at he's getting frightening <laughs> close control. I. Uh, it's not I see good at football as in like a harsh way. He's just he's a he's a you know far superior player technically. But mm-hmm. like if McMenamin had Olasanya's pace, McMenamin would not be playing for St Mirren. McMenamin would be playing in the Championship or the Premier League down south. So mm-hmm. uh, he's brilliant. Just the just the way we've set up this year, Jamie, you're spot on. Like the way we're set up to attack teams now, I think the definitely pushing Kelty on a wee bit further than what he's been used to playing and having having proper width in the team mm-hmm. with McMenamin and guys that can drift outside like Olisanya. It, it, it makes such a difference and you're able to go into these games and be on the front foot rather than sacrificing a lot of the possession. Because I feel in a lot of our games now, we're not actually we're not sacrificing the same amount of the ball we did last year in games. I actually feel like we're a wee bit more we're looking to get on the ball a wee bit more. I mean, Aberdeen, to me, just looked like a team that were desperate to hit the ball long. You know, try and hit the ball high and wide and play off second balls, which is fine. It's, it's a good way to play, and I think we do kind of look to go a wee bit more that way when we've got Mandron on, but I mean, we're, we're just very flexible in the way we play just now. It's a, a joy to watch. It's what we didn't have last year, but it was quite good to see as well that the, the early season kind of we, we seemed to step off a bit in the second half of games but that's that's kind of vanished the past couple of games as well certainly I th- I think Sunday and because it's obviously a new set system for us we are still getting used to it which is I guess is quite an exciting thing to say um, mm-hmm. and we're only as long as everyone's doing their job correctly we're only going to get better at that um, we just need to maybe take our chances slightly better but hopefully that just comes with as the season kind of gets going a bit more we're only three games in, but um, I mean, we now need to talk about kind of what happened with the free kick. Um, I mean, first of all, not it was a really soft free kick. 
Aye. because of as we were mentioning earlier the conspiracy theories and you know the the, the clear agenda against it more i mean we do have a saint somebody's, in our name maybe there's something to do with that somebody said that word in the referees here and told them to give that it, it was one of the ones you can see why it was given but at the same time it was just a bit yeah, it does, he's not coming the, together there's nothing in it he's not given the foul five minutes later and mm. it's not for either team it's not it's just Aye. he's just very bad at his job clearly so yeah. Uh, the goal, the goal was. I don't know. It's one. I, I know you, you sit and laugh, but I can. I think above all, I think it is Hemming's mistake, and I think he probably. I think he'll definitely have owned it after <laughs> watching it back. But I do think that one. I think Hemming has shouted for it, mm-hmm. which is fair enough. But I think it's obviously the, the, the kind of way that older guys will look at. Oh, he's working through the player, but that's not how. It's not how football works now. Like I know, I can understand. Like keepers that do that are a dying breed and don't don't play at the top level like Hemming does. And I think I can see why there was the wee bit of hesitation because it does look as if Tanzer goes to kick the ball, but then if Tanzer's going to hit it, it's only really going in one position with the way he's facing the ball would go straight in the back of the net if Tanzer got anything on it. I, I think Hemming should probably be a wee bit more commanding. That, I don't know if maybe him not being off his line quick enough put a wee bit of doubt in Tanzer's mind, but like these goals happen. It was mm-hmm. it's frustrating know, it's, to it's watch. Not, it's not the first time we've seen a goal like that go against us, and it won't be the last. Like no, it won't be the last at all. I think it's a combination of a few things. It's a miscommunication. I think he maybe just gets his angles a wee bit off as well, and he maybe thinks it's going out wide and shite shite goal he concedes, especially because that that might have been the first. Well, it wasn't even a shot, but that no, might be no, in the first. Hemming never, Hemming never had a save. Hemming never yeah. had to make. Hemming never had to touch the ball, other than that. Which is something that's quite interesting to think about. Like, um, again, the way we've set up that we've limited the amount of shots going in at Hemming for pretty much the first three games, and most uh, of the, like the latter stages of the um, the group stages of the, the the latter stage of the group stage of the. League Cup, we've we've defended like the way we've shaped up, we've controlled the possession, and when we've given it to them, we've made sure it's like that they're not getting into the positions to make these chances. Um, so I mean, as long as we can outscore how many we concede, then I think we'll be in an all right place. Aye. No much more to say in the goal. You don't want to stick your boot in on the guy. He's get clear issue I think last year they had clear issues with his confidence and we can't really afford to have a repeat of that I don't think so still like like we were talking about it in like the group chat like he's still a young guy with a lot to learn and this is is how he does learn like um, aye he's in goalkeeper terms he's there's not a lot of goalkeepers at his age that are out playing first team football Mm -hmm. at that level so it's trial and error. I think my, my, my point the whole time has been I just don't think we should be gambling our league placings on Middlesbrough's fifth choice goalkeeper. But he's here. He's he's our first choice. So, aye, it's, these goals happen. They're a nightmare. Balls coming in the box. That, I mean, it's a, a cracking ball for Johnny Hayes to put it into that area. Like, And that's, that's why that's the area that guys are trying to put the ball in every time. It's just so... You're so uncertain in what to do. Like, there's nothing worse standing in rows when a ball comes in like that, because you're caught in two minds. Do you come out and try and catch it before? Do you come out and try and take it before the ball bounces? Like, aye, it's hard. Uh, I think after I kind of sat back and I thought, I thought I don't think I would have done much better in that position. So, 
Cool. Uh, it's, it's, it's not the response I was expecting. I don't think it was the response Craig was expecting either. But fair enough. <laughs> or any of our patrons that are listening. I'm going to fast forward a wee bit. I know we'll talk about this point in more detail, but to his credit as well, he was saving the penalty at the end of the game. He was. Uh, he absolutely went the right way. He was saving that. It went the right way and everything timed it to perfection. And aye. Aye, just robbed a bad luck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll talk about the second half and... Oh God, I wish I, I wish I'd actually watched the highlights. Like, um, try like we got a goal pretty much disallowed almost straight away. But offside, yeah. uh, yeah, it was. Like, was all, all Sanyo was offside. To be fair, like I know there was a lot aye, of and the frustration is he the, or the frustration is he doesn't need to be offside. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could he could genuinely have stood on the halfway line and he would have got in behind because that's how fast he is. I, I think is it the guys at Ru- Ru- Ruby they call them. Ruby, I, I, I think Ruby. there is no way that he was not like that guy is just slow as a week in the jail mm-hmm. and there was no way he was getting near all Asanya so it's 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 hard to you know in fairness to Aberdeen if they've stepped up and played the trap well then, then fair enough to them but I thought you had another point there. <laughs> no no I'm just fair uh, enough to them then Aye. I'm uh, currently just looking to see uh, if Hearts have scored yet because I have Pauk and both teams to score so ah, fair enough um, Aberdeen are getting beat as well I've got that on the background good time to message my boss <laughs> um, and then obviously we, we get back into the game uh, and a very uh, this is where I've completely mind blanked the first goal because all I can think about is how good the second goal was it was a penalty. Uh, penalty. It was a penalty. Aye. Of course, it was. Yeah, it, um, it was. It was the ball it, came across. It was a penalty. I don't get there's there's, um, there's, there's Aberdeen so many... fans try to claim that that wasn't a penalty, but theirs was. It's and the you're like, it's, it's the exact it's the, same the, incident. It's the exact same thing, and I just think it, it's more the rules. I don't think it's so harsh because they're going down, and you're natural mm-hmm. when you're going down as you're like I don't know how to explain it, but when you slide in, your other hand sort of raises. It's no one slides with their hands. It's part of momentum. You can't possibly slide at pace without moving your arms at all. It's literally how human and bodies I know, they, I know the argument will be that it was stopping the ball going into a dangerous area and that, but it's just so harsh. It's it's so harsh. and But again, it's kind of what we deserved. I think you make your own luck at times, especially in football. And we, done really, I, I, we didn't deserve to be behind at that point. Mm-hmm. So, aye. I could really... Confident and assured yeah. penalty for Kilty as well. Because uh, I, I think take I did, it on his right foot as uh, well. Because we kind of put out like, oh, if O'Hara's not hitting it, who's hitting it? And I mean, Kilty stepped up and absolutely thought like yeah, all power, precision, uh, really well taken. Yeah, uh, dropped Roost the, uh, the other way and he didn't really have any chance with it. So, mm-hmm. uh, fair, fair play. Uh, it's good to. I think it's good to have options of guys that can take penalties as well because I remember for a period when we were it was a season 17-18 I think we had our options for hitting penalties were like all. I think all the people that had hit penalties at you at one point was Sutton Shankland uh, Marlon and like maybe one other had all hit penalties and had all missed them and for I'd say for quite a, a long stretch of time we've had guys that have been like able to put, I can't remember the last time someone missed a penalty. Like Jamie McGrath against Liam Kelly is the last one I can properly mm. think of. Uh, Jonah Ayunga actually against Aberdeen last year. Oh yeah, and, uh, I about that. on Christmas Eve. But other than that, you know, we've been pretty much blessed with 
guys like O'Hara, McGrath, Ronan to put a couple away. I think Brophy scored one. Like, uh, it's good, good to have it. I think you need it. I think especially in a football world with VAR, you do need guys who are confident enough to take the ball from the spot, especially in the absence of the skipper. Mm-hmm. And then I think the perfect example of why I'm not a football manager was uh, when we bought, brought um, Grieve on and um, Mandron, and I thought Grieve might have been the wrong option, especially the way the game was going. There was a lot of pace up front that we didn't have and um, I thought, sorry, that we had that sometimes disappears when Grieve comes on like he is a quick player but he's he's got quick bursts in him but it's not really like um extended very much longer um but I was ate my words almost immediately fantastic ball from Mandron through to Grieve who finishes it perfectly I wasn't it sorry yeah. when you go no, it sums up why I don't play outfield because I was screaming at Mandron to pass the ball about half an hour before he did. So that's that's why he plays up front for St Mirren. No, I don't. <laughs> what did you say, Craig? Because both of you get like spoke over each other. We couldn't hear. No, just just kind of echoing that point. Mandron done brilliantly. I thought to, to actually put in the assist for Greaves' goal. He, who was it? Kind of bullied to get the ball off him. It was, was Devlin uh, again at the back. There's someone out left. I think it might have been Hayes. Uh, he's Hayes, Hayes or Jensen, one of the one of the two. No, I, that's just not the first time Greaves done that this season or last season. It wouldn't be the last mm. at all. He's he's, he's that type of player. He's, I think he's he's much better coming on for twenty twenty five minutes. And if a chance falls to him, I'd, I'd be more confident Greaves is going to put away that type of chance than I would like Olasanya without that sounding like a dig. Is he now technically really our well. top league goal scorer at the moment, Alex Grief? Is he? Uh, he's on Who's two. Yeah. <coughs> I think he's just... I think that, I know it won't be nice for him, but I think it will get to the point where he will move on because he'll be wanting to start every week. But I think his role in the team is mm-hmm. come on and if you get a chance, make sure you take it. Because see, in fairness, see, I mean, what was it he came off the bench to score... Against Dundee United twice last season, Livingston uh, scored against someone else in a kind of a, a last minute goal as well. But something similar, but he's just he's always he's always there at the right place at the right time. And I, I would love I would love if Alex Grieve was was able to come in and start and do that mm-hmm. more often than not. See if he was a one and three striker, it's a tremendous hit rate for a spinning striker. Like. Mm-hmm. And I think he's got all the tools to do it. I think maybe physically he's just a bit lightweight, but again, like it's not, it's like just natural. There's nothing you can do to, if you can't, if his body, I'm guessing they've probably tried to get him to put on muscle. And as in some people can, some people can't. Really. It's just genetics. And, nah, he's, he's, he's just. Bad. He's doing not, doing not bad for a guy who is only what he's second full season in professional football anyway I know he's kind of a wee bit older than what you would expect when you're saying that but sorry I'm just watching the Aberdeen game again um, he's, 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 for what I think for all of the teams that are in the in and around our area and in our budget like us Motherwell Kilmarnock you know Dundee teams like that I think he's something that we've got that they would probably kill to have as a guy who can come off the bench like that, who you could look at and think if you bring him on, he's got a really good chance of scoring. Like mm-hmm. he's he's a he's a big threat and he he does a lot of really good work for us. So yeah, I'd be 
delighted to see him kick on. I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him start on Saturday, to be honest, after that. Yeah, he came on for, um, was it Kelty he came on for? And he's, he's played out right. wide. I think he plays out wide for New Zealand, so maybe, maybe that's probably the better fit for him. Just going to come in off one of the sides instead of being the guy through the middle, because I, I don't think that's him. No. Nah. And then I get. I think he's got the. I think he's got the physicality with the main man. I think he needs to. He needs to. If he's going to play, he needs to be in a two. And if he's going to be the one that's going through the middle, he needs guys either side him. I think if he would be. If I think if he was to start on Saturday, he'd be Kelty and McMenamin next to him to to kind of aid that and give him the service. But I don't think that should be overlooked. I think one of the reasons why our striker. I mean, every single one of our strikers has scored this season, apart from uh, what's his name. Jameson mm. so mm-hmm. I think the definite improvement is what, what I mean it was the right call to go and pay a bit more money to bring in a guy like McMenamin because it's it's clearly helping like it's took a bit of the creative pressure off Strain and Tanza who I think both of their games have improved as well since they've got a bit they're not we're not heavily relying on them for our width you, know, you can see Tanza and Strain actually hang back and they're not blown up their arse as much as they were maybe last year mm-hmm. and it, do, it makes a massive difference having guys like McMenamin and Kelty playing in a, a more forward role. And now, I, I guess we need to talk about their penalty and the controversy that comes around it. I mean, it was 100% a penalty. There was no controversy over the decision. Um, it, it just became a bit unfortunate because of how many minutes has been added on because of all the stoppages and whatnot. Um, however, did he... Double kick it, double hit it, or didn't he? That's the. I I I think yes. I, I think for having seen several different angles, it does look to me as if that's exactly what's happened. But I can also fully understand why it didn't get called back for it because it's not conclusive, and it took me about two days to come to that decision. Like there's there's too many different angles. I don't think there's any that are particularly great. Uh, I do think. I think you can see the. I, I think it's the when Michael Stewart and that we're talking about it. It's the top spin of the ball that gives it away. Mm-hmm. Aye, it moves. It moves. Knowing the way you're expecting a guy. Wins. I do have a degree of sympathy for the VAR team because, and I know I've seen a lot of people get on and being like John Beaton needs to go over and view it. Like John Beaton was never getting asked to go and look at that. It's a, it's a black and white factual decision. Yeah. It's not based on opinion. Like if it's if it's a contentious foul then yeah, he'd be asked to go and look at it, but the VAR team don't do it for stuff that's in black and white. And I think for the VAR team to rule out the initial decision to give the goal, it, it would I think it would probably have caused more controversy yeah. because there's no there is no definitive a hundred percent proof that that definitely hit off you. So I think it, in my opinion it did. I think when you're looking at it, it does the top spin of the ball kind of gives it away for me. But in the heat of the moment. Like you, you're really only you really only have maybe two or three minutes max to look at that and decide. Aye, you know, that that was the difference between you know a point and three points for us. So it's it's it must be so hard sitting having to make a decision like that within two or three minutes. I don't envy them, and I I think it's probably the safe call to do it to just go with the on field decision, but. I don't know, I think to maybe prevent stuff like that happening in the future, there does need to be more cameras with better, with better angles. Six cameras for the is not enough. Mm-hmm. No, I think that there needs to be more cameras. There also needs to be 
some kind of consistency or time limits imposed around this, which I know probably does make it harder to come to those decisions, but I found myself on Sunday really, really frustrated with just the amount of time it took for every decision. Like, you're talking two or three minutes, it's it's a shit experience sitting watching it. Uh, you're watching games like last night, and I know it's different, budget's astronomically different, but like the Rangers and PSV game last night, they're checking, they're not waiting until the ball goes out of play to check. As soon as yeah. the incident they're checking and then they check the referees know straight away they're communicating like mm-hmm. again like I don't know how quickly they can fire up clips for the referees to watch them in the, in like the VAR rooms and that but I just think the referees could be a bit more proactive in watching these clips straight away rather than you know I mean like, the one that I can kind of go back to is when we lost the 5-1 Celtic last year when we went 1-0 up at home when O'Hara scored the mm-hmm. penalty and it, you know that happened within maybe what the first happened in the first two minutes we ended up getting the penalty in the fifth or sixth minute because the ball stayed in play but mm-hmm. even after the ball goes out of play you're then having to go back and check it and you're like that needs to be checked and decided mm-hmm. prior to that ball get out that needs that needs to be John we want you to come and have a look at this we think it's a penalty Aye. take like, just come and look at the monitor and confirm it and then that should be it should be done and done in less than a minute but it's Aye. it's ruining the game it's ruining the flow of the game and we all knew it was going to happen but listen that's this is what Although people voted that, for I, so. I, I was i was watching it at home and um i was on the edge of my seat <laughs> so Aye. i don't know if that's the same as them but i was probably on the edge of my seat like praying that that, that, that would be given as a double hit um and I, what, I, I must must have been a really really good game for I can't imagine that many neutrals are going to be watching it when I went to say that there, but it must have been a good game for neutral. My my heart rate was through the roof for most of it, but probably really good to watch with a game with that kind of that much drama in it. Mm-hmm. No, it's no nice sitting in the stadium waiting for these decisions to to happen, is it? No, and as we said earlier, like um, Hemming was was saving that before the the the. Absolutely. I feel yeah. dreadful for him for that. It's so unfortunate. Like to to have properly done your homework, you know exactly where he's going to hit the ball. Like that's probably something I think with the amount that again, like the amount the way VAR works, there's going to be a penalty most weeks. That'll be something that him and Langfield have worked on in the lead up to. He knows where he's going, he's scouted it and to have it kind of took it robbed away for you, essentially. It was just it was so unfortunate. And uh, the the one last thing I want to comment on is, uh, you guys wouldn't have been aware of this, I had the Aberdeen feed, and all I'm saying is, when we're on comms, we need to be so much more insufferable. That guy was on it, comms uh, was atrocious. Is it, was it Stevie Tosh? I'm not, I, 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 it might have been, it definitely was the next player. If but. it's this, uh, yeah, if it's if it's Stevie Tosh who does co-coms, he's the worst uh, He's up there within the United guys, I think, I would say. So see see the goal that um Bacchus scored that was offside? Like um I would He was it. five miles offside. Yeah. He knew he was offside and just chanced it. And then he celebrated, which was mental. But um, so the the COCOMs was like aye. But at the end of the day, it like the, the, at the first point he was offside, never mind the second or the third, and you're like, no, he, he was he was very well onside on the first point, mate. Like aye. it just showed you how bad that was. Like I think there was a few of us talking about it on the on the Discord at the time, just going like, "This guy is atrocious," and uh, I, and it's annoying because I would have loved to sat home and listen to Richard Tate and Gordon, but we never got the chance to. 
shit happens. Yeah. But anyway, we will be. Did back you Did you message Gordon just to find out how good Richard Tate smells in person? Did you? I've, ask him about I've, I've, I've been up close to well, there's I've, photos been, with him, remember? You, you met I've him? Been up, I've been up. Oh, I've right, I've, I've still not watched that. I've still not watched that jumper that he, he touched. Yeah. I think it was the was it the Rangers yeah, game that you were you were late for, Jamie? You were yeah. you caught in traffic, and I I had stood and spoke to him for about twenty minutes. Proper wee boy fanboying <laughs> over the fact that he loved wrestling and I loved it too. <laughs> Great guy. Mm-hmm. Good to see him back as well. Have him have him playing every week. Uh, well, I wish I had this button queued up, but I, I don't have a Richard Tate one. But anyway, we will be back after this. Hi, I'm Alex Grieve, and you're listening to Misery Hunters. We may as well play that every time he scores. Let's hope he play it a lot. Uh, we also want more goals from Mandron and Ryan Strain. Um, obviously, O'Hara's out at the moment, but if they all score, we'll donate to the Help a Buddy scheme. So If they all score, we all score. Yes, correct. All right. I hope they score a lot and we're all we're all reaching into our pockets and funding it through our own money or try to beg folk to join the Patreon and help us buy more tickets. Pretty sure we beg folk enough to join the Patreon. So. Oh, aye, aye. Uh, before we briefly like we'll we'll kinda of get on to the stuff that's been happening in the news today at the time of recording, obviously this goes out the following day, so whether the news has changed since then or whatever. But we'll talk aye, about if, Robin, if we wake up if we wake up Robinson's a Hibs manager, then aye, aye, sorry. <laughs> but uh we'll we'll talk about the Livingston game quickly before we move on to that. Um uh, Livingston away on Saturday. I think uh, are you on comms, Sam, with Mark? I think so. Yeah. Um uh, Well my my question, my advice to you is be more insufferable. Um <laughs> Um, which I know you've got it in you <laughs> but uh, I mean a win here like that's, that's a, a kind of real statement I know we're only four games into the season but um, these are the games that you want to win Livingston are obviously kind of going through a bit of a, a, a rough patch but they they, done, they they won at the weekend didn't they or did they draw uh, I because that's Johnson's away now because beat Hibs so yep, they did, but anybody can beat Hibs so that's fair enough but uh, Livingston aren't a uh, they don't look too great at this moment in time, and this is the time you kind of want to play them. Um, three points here, you know, could see us top of the table, or at least we'll, we'll be joint top still going into the um, going into the international break, where we might have to use those two weeks to to prep the team with a new manager or not. We'll, we'll go into that in a minute, but I think this is an important game, and I, and I am very confident, like they're. The way we've been performing, I think we can do extremely well against Livingston as well. Obviously, with a Martindale side on uh, at um, the Tony Macaroni is like a completely different game. I still, I still think there's enough about us, and I think we're a bit smarter and wiser um, that we'll we'll get the three points from this. I look at this as actually a bigger test than Hibs and Aberdeen because those those type of games against the other teams in the top six, it, it wasn't the those weren't the games we struggled in last season. It was against your Livingstons and your St. Johnsons and your counties and all that. So I'm really looking forward to see how we cope with somewhere that's quite a difficult place to go. And I say this quite a lot. I mean it as a compliment. I fucking hate playing Livingston. They're so, they are, so they're... wonderful to play against. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, it's weird. Like I'm not one of these St. Martin fans that like absolutely despise Livingston because 
you, you, no. like, you have to admire Livingston for I've what they've done. With guys, I've argued with a guy, a couple of guys on Pine Bob about that this week, about how like the top flight should be Dunfermline and Falkirk, etc. I, I just feel like saying half the time, if only there was a point system yeah. that everyone plays each other three or four times a season and you get put in the division you're supposed to be in. Like, mm-hmm. I have zero issue with Livingston and guys that go on about slagging their fans and all that as well. Oh, it it's not for me. Like, like, see, what any one less fan that doesn't drive away to go and watch Rangers or Celtic for these mm-hmm. places all over Scotland. Fair play, man. Like, Absolutely, you'll always like if you ever bump like Morton or obviously our rivals, but you ever bump anyone, you're always about like at least you don't support the old firm. You've always got that kind of thing. Right. Like Livingston are where they are, where they deserve to be for a reason. Like they, like that's it. Like you can slag the fans all you want, but the 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 fans that are there, they're the ones that are. are we true. get a cheek to slag them. I, They've I, completely I, outperformed us in every season, bar one since we've come back up to the top flight, and also they come back. They came back up to the top flight as the team that finished ten points behind us, mm-hmm. and have completely over. They've uh, completely outdone us. You know, raked in two million quid for New Linden Dykes. Generally, had a really good team considering the amount of players they, they churn out every summer. And I, I, I think it'll be a really, a really tricky game. You know, Livia, Livia, very, very similar in the way we play. I think. I think a lot of St Mirren fans kind of gloss over that we do play the ball a wee bit long, and but there's no issue in it. If you're going to do it properly and you're going to play off of the seconds from it, then that's the way to do it. And Livy are experts at playing the ball long and playing off of seconds. We, we're really good technical players. There's no wrong way to play football. No, no, if, you're, like, if you're getting points, then yep. aye. You, you play to win. And it's the same. Like That's what I hate when, they, when our fans will moan about another teams with the way they play like oh it was negative football and that's how they won or that's how they drew that's what it's, the old firm fancy when they drop oh, I, like it's that. just it's just i was going to say that it's the same as when the old firm say they just parked the bus for 90 minutes mm-hmm. and it's horrible to watch we'll fucking break it down then that's your problem yeah. that's not yeah. so fair play like, where i think we're living some admirers and we'll probably have a few people more than that so let's say so in the comments why not we, i wouldn't go could, as far as admirers Gr- grudging respect at times yeah. Admire from a distance. There are friends along the M8. That's that's all it is. Um, along the big travelator. <laughs> uh, so I, th- I think we will move on. I mean, we'll talk about the first news that came out that um, Aberdeen have had a bid rejected for Keanu Bacchus at this moment in time. There has, I don't believe there's been another bid, but there are discussions. I don't um, believe there was a bid, because apparently there wasn't. So. All right, well... I, 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 I saw, um, was it Div on Pie and Bovro that it kind of hinted that it came for the best possible source it could have so it must be somebody pretty close that uh, yeah. was never even a bid in the first place so that's pretty kind of mm. clamps that one when he came out and lie about that is he uh, yeah. who was it that reported it was it that Peter Rourke Peter Rourke which usually quite, fair, like, uh, he's, usually. He's, he's usually bang on and I think he's uh, I get the impression he's very much in the same boat as Scott Burns who mm-hmm. gets a lot of his info for, for agents etc so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe Canabac's agent floating about a wee last minute move. Um, I mean, I think he's a great player. Um, however, if you remove Bacchus from our squad, I don't think much changes. It depends. So I think it all depends on who you bring in. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Robo would value maybe if Robo would value more 
having Gogic in midfield and a proper centre half. And he, I say a proper centre half, but Gogic isn't incredibly competent mm-hmm. at centre half. Like I think Robbo said since day one that Gogic is a centre half who can play midfield rather than a midfielder who can play centre half. And I think we've seen that by Gogic has played every game at centre half this year. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Would you? I think we'd be better off going out and trying to find another box to box player rather than bringing Gogic back in. I think Gogic is is absolutely fine at centre half, and I think we would probably benefit from directly replacing Bacchus more. I think my we only we don't really have anyone like Bacchus mm-hmm. other than O'Hara. We don't have a proper box to box engine. I don't think Boyd Munce is that in him. I think he's a bit more Ethan like. He's a bit more methodical in the way he plays. He's the kind of technical. Ask the kind of technical part of the midfield, so I do think you need to go out and replace Bacchus, but I don't think it would be as hard as trying to replace a Kelty or a Strain mm-hmm. or an O'Hara. Yeah. I think it's definitely hard if it happens in the last day of the window because you don't have uh, any time to replace. It's different if you've got a six month build up or he signs a pre contract in January, it completely changes it. But yeah. aye, for me, it's just no wanting to see any player go to. Somebody who's going to be a, hopefully a top six rival for us this season. It's strengthening right. somebody else that's weakening us. Unless they're talking money that you can't turn down, then just yeah. I le- I literally think if it, if it comes, when's the window close? Saturday, Friday? No, uh, t- tomorrow. T- well, Saturday morning, Friday Sorry. night. Like it's midnight. Right. Right. If we if we wake up on Saturday morning and the the squad is untouched, then that's a success. Like I think we've done well there. It doesn't help if you lose Bacchus on the last day and your manager and coaching team are also preoccupied with some other sort of move. Uh, obviously moving into the, the, the Robbo rumours. Um, uh, when I, This is the one that I think, and I don't say this lightly, I think St Mirren would be fucked without Stephen Robinson. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't see... And I don't know, it's not a dig at the board or anything like far from it. I just don't see who's out there that does what Rob, who can do. I mean, I think what we, said, we, we did does. kind of say this when Goodwin left as well, and then we brought in Robinson out of nowhere. So whether that might happen again, I don't know. But then the way the squad's so shaped and it's built Caleb together. Yeah. And uh, that part of me thinks that might be why I, I I personally don't think he'll go and I don't think it's that he, he wouldn't like he wouldn't go if he was offered I just think this is maybe his agent maybe trying to force the club's hand and he maybe giving him a pay rise or maybe just letting teams know that he is he'd be available what he's available for if mm-hmm. there's a bigger job that comes up because I can't for a guy like I don't I think we're all we'd all admit for a, Robinson is by far the best manager I've seen at St Mirren, but he's not a he's not a quick fix. He's he's not a he's not a short. He's a long term manager. He needs needs at least a couple of windows to get it right. And I think I don't see him going to Hibs on a day's notice with the squad. I mean, Hibs have glaring deficiencies in that squad. They don't have on either side. They don't have competent, you know, wing backs. They've got you know loose. They they don't. They've got Will Fish. Rocky Bashiri and Paul Hanlon. You know, Bashiri and Bashiri and Hanlon are, are the guys that Hibs have targeted for the last Bashiri for the last year and a half. Paul Hanlon for Hib fans have been chatting to replace Hanlon and Stevenson for, for the last ten years. So it, it would be a very, very hard job. And I don't think the squad's set up for the way that Robinson likes to 
likes to go in and do things. I don't think they have a, they don't have a proper combative midfielder. They don't have many box to box guys either. I just don't think it's set up for Robinson. I think it would be set up for Robinson to go and fail. Whereas I think the polar opposite. I think if he hangs tight and waits a few months, I could see him getting linked with a Hearts job when they empty that tag team partner. If you look at the comments under like the articles linking Robbo to Hibs, it's a lot of Hearts fans saying that's who we should be going for, and like his agent will be aware of that. Robbo will be aware of that. I mean, not saying anything, but maybe. certain allegiances align better with that kind of uh, <laughs> that team over Robert one Robinson has spoke, Robinson has had every opportunity he can when we've been playing at Tynecastle spoke up about how much he loves playing at the stadium he thinks it's the best atmosphere in the country like, mm-hmm. I just think Hibs have this fantasy about how they play football the Hibs way it's like the West Ham way mm-hmm. what is the West Ham way like, uh, it hasn't in existed in about 40 years uh, it's not existed since Bobby Moore played centre half for them. Like in my eyes, West Ham are a team who just are better than the sum of their parts. Are managed by a guy like David Moyes. They kick it and rush play off second balls. And again, like we said earlier, that's not a bad thing. There's no right or wrong way to play football. But I just the Hibs of this warped reality that guys have got to come in and play this swashbuckling football. Whereas I think if Hibs maybe swallowed their pride a wee bit and took in a guy like Robinson, gave him the opportunity to build, it'd be better. But I just don't think I don't think he'd take it. To be honest, if he was offered, I don't think he'd take it. I think it's more having his agent letting people know that he could be available for this if other jobs were to come up. Yeah, I don't think their fans would take to it either at all. See, mm-hmm. it's the inverse of what Jamie's talking about. Look at the, the comments for Hearts fans under all the articles, look at the comments for Hibs fans. Like, literally seen one about two minutes ago, clearly dislikes Hibs given some of his previous interviews. Aye. Like, he's ever said anything particularly negative about Hibs but they're not going to take to him no. we're going to look like idiots when this podcast gets out tomorrow at oh, 8am absolutely he gets reported that he's aye, driving well, up to we do have a backup plan and we have covered our arses so after this like the question maybe if Rob will go is who will replace him and we will talk about that in our Patreon which is uh, patreon.com forward slash miseryhunters £3 a month you get a weekly extra bonus show, access to Discord, and access. Well, you get entered into a monthly competition. This month was for one of our new um, Misery Hunter logo branded hoodies. Very nice. Uh, and I can reveal the winner was Stuart Gatherer. I um, spun the wheel just before we went on the podcast. So, congratulations. Next month, the prize is, I don't know, TBD until we find something. I'm sure we'll find something good. Um, and yeah, so get on that and uh, measurehunters.co.uk for our merch, paisacraftbeer.com and 25 Lawn Street, you know all that kind of stuff. Um, taps incoming, taps incoming, plus extended hours incoming, which he follows on social media and whatever you'll be able to find out. Um, I, and I think that is it. And uh, I'll just say fuck uh, Barry Robson. Okay, hey, Berlin Football Club. Fuck Aberdeen Football Club, uh, Hearts Football Club for not scoring, and uh, Hibs for not conceding four goals already because I have over 3.5. So fuck all three teams. Sports Social Podcast Network.